the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I believe that together we can make America great again. <laughs> oh, dear. Should we be talking about him? You know what? I think, I think we need to draw our attention tonight to somebody across the pond who actually, we all know the breaking news tonight, that uh, Queen Elizabeth II died today at the age of 96. And, and I, I, I don't know that for Americans, this is going to be, where were you the day that Queen Elizabeth died? Kind of like, where were you the day that Robert, you know, uh, that uh, JFK was assassinated? Or where were you the day of 9-11? But I do think upon reflection, when I first heard the news today, um, I, I, I didn't have any emotional response to this. I really didn't think it was any big deal. It, it had much implications for America until I started thinking about it and pondering it today and about the relationship and how Great Britain has been and continues to be and is supposed to be at least our greatest ally. And I, so I do think that this is absolutely historic. It's obviously international news and obviously has international implications. When we have a change of power, when we have a head of state that has changed in such a way and uh, to think that uh, Charles is going to, to reign in the same way that she did is something that we need to be considering. And so we're going to be talking about that tonight. 888-344-1170. Do you have a reaction to Queen Elizabeth passing away today? If so, what is it? Is this a nothing burger to you? Do you think that this is really nothing and, and it doesn't have any implications for America? Do you think it does have implications for America, particularly with who is going to be replacing her, which is Charles and the Queen Consort Camilla. Before I go any further, and even before we take your calls, I got to bring in the man, the myth, the legend. He's he doesn't wear a crown at all, um, unless it's unless it's in the form of a potato, and that is of course DJ Potato Skins. Yeah, and you mind if I read a short uh, quote here that she gave back in two thousand? I think for me, it really sums up the type of uh, of, of leader she was. To many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I also, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. Wow. Yeah, there, that's... That's something to to remember about her, you know, in 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 recent times of America, even going back to my childhood, I grew up in the South and we did not. I don't know what it was like growing up out here in California in the West or in other parts of the country. But I would tell you in the South, we were not big royal watchers. Right. We really weren't. I remember when Charles got engaged to Diana and I didn't know who he was. OK, <laughs> didn't know who he was. I knew who the monarchy was. Right. 
And I obviously, and even as a military buff and forced to watch World at War, I knew who Queen Elizabeth was. Um, but just in terms of the royal family and who was on the family tree and children, all that, I, I really didn't know. In fact, you know, one of my favorite episodes of Designing Women, which was written by uh, Southerners and uh, per- acted with actors and actresses from the South. Um, one of my favorite episodes was when Anthony starts making fun of of uh, Princess Anne and, and her horse teeth. Right. I mean, we did not I did not grow up in the South. Um, as an Anglo, Anglophile, I think they call it, which are, which are Americans that actually love and follow the royal family. And then I think in even more recent times, as we've become on a global sense, uh, so much of the world not honoring traditions and spitting on traditions and mocking traditions and, and, uh, but particularly those that involve, um, the traditions that we share with Britain, which is uh, Christianity and that and, and how that shapes and forms the lives of its leaders. I mean, certainly that's something that isn't appreciated today. So as I started reflecting on her life, that's one of the things that struck me as her as an individual, her as a leader and her reign is that like America and which its founding is a Judeo-Christian principles and values, that was a part of her and a part of her reign. And she was one of the things that I was reminded of today and she actually spoke at, at, at a joint session of congress in which she talked about um individual one of the things that also was so similar at, to her belief system as a monarch as a, as a head of state um, was also about individual liberty and individual freedom. And that was something that she, that she respected about America and said that she believed in as well. Our systems were different, obviously, but that remained, uh, a, a common ground for us. Um, I, I, I'm reminded of the fact today that she was not just a figurehead. She was not just the queen who walked around in a, in a pill hat with a, with a little purse and white gloves. Uh, she was actually a head of state in that, in, in the sense that, uh, parliament d- did not open or close without her. She signed every bill into law. Every, pr- I think there were four, was there 14? I don't, I don't remember if there was 14 presidents, United States presidents during her reign or how many, uh, prime ministers, how many premiers over there were during her reign, but every one of them met with her every week. And they bowed to her and they updated her. And while she stayed out of the public fray politically, um, she knew what was going on. And she um, did uh, recognize and use her power to a certain extent. She one of the things that I was reminded of today, which is really important to remember about the monarchy, is that the the military the Brit- the British military and their police came directly under her. So she literally was not just a figurehead. She was actually the head of state and took it seriously. And as a woman today, you know, yesterday we heard AOC yammering and complaining about the United States and not, you know, respecting women. Look, you're, the AOCs of the world, today's young women of the world are not to be respected in, 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 is, from what how I view women to be respected to me a role model for a generation of women is Queen Elizabeth herself did you know potato skins that she pushed and fought to be the first I think she was the first in the in the um line to the throne to actually serve I think she was the first offspring I guess or maybe the first woman and she fought to be able to join the military at the age of 19 now, she's 96. So when she fought to join the military at the age of 19, 
this was before a lot of uh, women in the United States where this was this was before Rosie the Riveter. OK, wasn't it? Maybe yeah. or maybe it was around the time of Rosie the River World Very War Two. Very similar time frame. So to me, she was a part of a generation of women that um, loved country, uh, willing to sacrifice for country, believed in something bigger than themselves versus the narcissistic crowd we've got today, you know, constantly with their hand out. What's this government going to do for me? Go running around in the streets, beating up people, feeling entitled to, to smash and grab and go and steal purses out of, you know, out of Fendi, Fendi bags or whatever out of or Prada bags out of stores. She was dedicated to her country in a way that we don't see people wanting to dedicate themselves. She could have abdicated the throne and spent her life on the money out vacationing. Watch, watch the first, ep- first season or two of The Crown and learn about her life as a young woman. I don't know any 25-year-old today that would be so dedicated to her country. 25 when she became queen, 27, I think, was how old she was when she was uh, coronated, when, when she actually they did the coronation ceremonies. To me, she was an absolutely extraordinary woman. And when you think of everything that she had to go through as a queen in terms of all the, the strife around the world and strife within her own family and how she had to, she had to continue to maintain um, you know, a, a, a balance, if you will, of being a human being, showing humanity, yet still being still being steady a, a, as a head of state. And there were many people, many people, just like we're like, oh, half of a lot of Americans are like, I don't, I don't really like this monarchy thing. This is ridiculous that we have rulers and people are bowing and sing, singing "God Save the Queen" and all this kind of stuff. Even over in Britain. There have been, there's been a lot of times over there because they've got a lot of poor people in that country that while people were struggling and poor and, and completely impoverished, we still had this, this family living the life of Riley, right? Literally like living like royals. Uh, the current prime minister, Liz Truss, the last public engagement that Queen Elizabeth did was two days ago in which she, um, I, I don't know the term, it wasn't a coronation, but which she made, uh, she um, enacted, inaugurated, if you will, signed into being, if you will, the next prime minister with Liz Truss. Here's what Liz Truss had to say back in, I think it was 1991. I think it might have been when she was a student at Oxford. And here's what she had to say about the monarchy. Two or three? I think it is clip two. The next speaker is Elizabeth Truss from Oxford West and Abingdon and president of the Oxford University Liberal Democrats. And would Norman Baker stand by, please, Elizabeth? Everybody in Britain should have the chance to be a somebody. But only one family can provide the head of state. We Liberal Democrats believe in opportunity for all. We believe in fairness and common sense. We believe in referenda on major constitutional issues. We do not believe that people should be born to rule. Interesting. This is the prime minister that was just uh, signed into or whatever. I've got to Google what the term is. Uh, Replacing Bojo the other day. She, first of all, I find it interesting because she describes herself as a liberal Democrat. And there's that old saying, and I think it was Churchill, who said, 
Um, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. So she describes herself in that clip as a liberal Democrat. And you can hear the anger. Isn't that so true to liberals even over here in this country today? The anger, the resentment, the envy, uh, the class envy that's going on that's steeped into the minds of young liberals, that they should be angry that somebody else has more instead of grateful for opportunity that they have, right? I want you to contrast that between Liz, that Liz Truss, young, far left, liberal Democrat, as she described herself, Liz Truss then, and Liz Truss today, which is clip three. We're all devastated by the news that we have just heard from Balmoral. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it's not it's not as strong as it was because there were socialist prime ministers you know, not every prime minister that was in Britain during her reign was a Margaret Thatcher. Right. Um, so, so she, and she did not, unlike the new royals we'll talk about in a moment. Um, you know, she, you know, she, she let the parliament do their thing pretty much while still trying to, to have a, a voice and things behind the scenes. Uh, the joining of the EU, uh, Tony Blair and he and his wife, for all of Tony Blair working with George W. Bush in Iraq, uh, he and his wife were quite the supporters of, uh, the Islamist movement in the UK. Um, you know, but for her, where would you look at you look at the far left movement in the UK and what was going on even after 9-11? But for but for Queen Elizabeth, where would this country be today? Where would where would, you know, the United Kingdom be today? And I would tell you before we take a break, if you ever go to London, if you ever go to London, I, I enjoyed going to Buckingham Palace and seeing it for about 10 minutes. I was obsessed with Churchill's war rooms. And I can't think about the United States of America and Great Britain saving the world from Nazism without thinking about Churchill in those war rooms. And who was his right-hand man? His right-hand woman was Queen Elizabeth. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to discuss a little bit more about Queen Elizabeth. Who was her favorite United States president? And which of the United States presidents, and there's only a couple... Did Queen Elizabeth actually knight? Little pop, little pop quiz there for you. You should know the answer of at least one of those names, my man. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. You know, you don't have to be. A royal watcher. You don't have to be somebody who loves the royals and that royal system to appreciate Queen Elizabeth and who she was. You know, um, here's here's um, for you conservatives. Here's how you can know that she was she was kind of one of us and somebody to appreciate. Uh, there was what I don't know, fourteen, thirteen presidents um, since she took since she 13 took sitting presidents, thirteen yeah. sitting presidents from Truman all the way up to Biden. There were only two. They got knighted into the knighthood. One 
come on now. Y'all know, well, y'all know yeah, it's Ronald uh, Reagan, right? Go again. Yeah, you know it's Ronnie. You know it's Ronnie. They had quite a good friendship. In fact, um, she signed her notes to him. In uh, Publicly, she referred to him as President Reagan, but she would ha- write him handwritten notes. One of and she would sign them. Your friend Elizabeth. I love that. Was absolutely extraordinary. She, that was just uh, incredibly unique. The other president that she's um, knighted, uh, who so and then of course Reagan became uh, you know Sir Ronald. Yep. Uh, the only other U.S. president that was knighted was Dwight Eisenhower, and that's because of his role in uh, in D Day. So you 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 let that sink in. You Biden lovers, you Bill Clinton lovers. I'm just looking uh, at the picture yeah. right now. Way back from 1982 at Windsor Castle, her Lord Ronald sitting there right next to her. Uh, gosh, total class. Google Google the pictures of them at Reagan Ranch. She visited Reagan Ranch and they rode horses together. They had so much in common. They um and and became such dear friends. Their 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 Christianity, their faith was important. The way they the way they viewed their their role as leaders, um their their a desire to rid the world of communism. Um the the Reagans actually celebrated their 31st anniversary on the Queen's yacht. So there was quite the friendship there. Um uh, notice also, my Democrat friends, Barack Obama did not get knighted, did he? First, bl- first black uh, black president. Now, why would that? Why would that be? Maybe because what was the bust? Was it Churchill's bust? He had taken out of the uh, out of the Oval Office. Are you kidding? Look, this she was one class act, but quite frankly, I guarantee you, she felt that spitball in her eye when Obama made that move. She was an incredibly smart woman and really knew the deal. And you know what? She was smart enough, according to people reports today. She also had a great relationship with Trump. Reportedly, the first time that she and Trump met, it was at a gathering and there was a meal involved. It was a lunch. And reportedly, the two of them chatted so much over an entire hour that nobody could get a word in. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I would venture to say of the two modern most modern uh, presidents in our lifetime, in our lifetime, uh, that she had the highest regard. I think it's safe to say it was Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. What a tell that is. Uh, quite the tell. Uh, the question remains, 888-344-1170, if you've, got, if you've got anything. You know, I mean, so many Americans today, and this is one of the reasons why I'm going through a little bit of history here, is because I think I, because I have to be wondering, as somebody who um, studied pol- po- politics and political science in college, somebody that, you know, uh, is concerned about the world, one of the reasons why I became obsessed with politics was my concern over um, the, the, the continued push for communism in this country. We have to be asking ourselves as we are looking at the United States of America in the decline we look at all these global leaders including those within the European Union uh, and all around the world trying to push us into this great reset we've got to be wondering the role of the next head of state here and it's going to be it's going to be Charles it's going to be Charles who preyed upon a 19 year old girl that he that he didn't give a crap about while he was in love with Camilla simply because he needed somebody to walk down the aisle and produce a couple of heirs for him. That's who this man is. She, her reign was one that was not political and they were not supposed to be acting politically in the royal family. They're not supposed to have social media accounts. It's one of the reasons why these the 
Suckies, is that is that who the, is that who Harry and Meghan are? Are they called the Suckies? I think they're the Duke and Duchess of Suckies, aren't they? Is that what they are? Do tell do tell love. Is that their, is that uh, I, their I royal names? I love your accent. Th- well, thank you, darling. Uh, when Brexit happened, and I went on my friend Dr. Gina's show on on Real America. Uh, actually, she was on uh, America Trends at the time. I came in and did her show. Carrie, I brought in a, a, a plate of scones, and I spoke in a British accent the entire show. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, but th- you know, you you look at how much. They've changed, uh, and, and there was a lot of push to modernize the monarchy. She understood why so much of the traditions needed to remain, right? Now, of course, um, you know, he ended up, uh, because of his uh, emotional and psychological and mental abuse of Diana, we all know what happened with the divorce. Um, uh, we, we have gone from, and, and it's, here's, how it, here's how it's already been modernized enough. They've gone from Diana having to be purity checked by the OBGYN to now the queen consort. What, can somebody tell me what a queen consort is? 888-344-1170, if you can explain that to me. And oh, by the way, we have a little debate going on. We'll save that other question for, for the next hour. Um, we've, we, we're on a hunt for a certain type of individual here in San Diego, but, um, to think that Charles, who has been very vocal, like he's like he's, you know, reading straight off of AOC's or Elizabeth Warren's teleprompter, right? Her her notes, that he's now gonna be head of state, that he married a woman that was having an affair with him. I mean, if you if you I don't care what you think about Diane or what you think about the royal family, but this is a woman that didn't have any character, class, or integrity. And that's now who's going to be ahead of that state over there. And I think that I think that it's it remains to be seen. Um, I'm actually surprised that he did not that he did not in the succession planning just take himself out of it and allow the quite classy uh, Prince William and Princess Kate take over because they really epitomize. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, her reign, her belief system, her leadership, her style, her love of country, her devotion of country. All Charles was ever devoted to was Camilla and his polo ponies, quite frankly. So not a fan, not a fan. And because he has shown who he is, when people show you who their character is, believe them. So it remains to be seen how the UK changes. heavy for, quite frankly, the future of the United Kingdom. And therefore the world. And therefore, the world. All right. Speaking of the push into the Great Reset and the far lefties and attack on traditions and everything we hold dear, um, my dear friend Bob Walters usually comes on on Friday nights to share with you everything you need to know about the assault on children. Um, but he, he's joining us tonight. So we're going to shift gears. I'm interested. I have not talked to him today to see if he's got a reaction. He's a historian himself. So it'll be interesting to see what Bob has to say about the passing of Queen Elizabeth, along with all the rest of his topics on education. So stay tuned. This is the Andrea K Show on a. 1170 The Answer, San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. 888-344-1170. Um, no need to be checking your calendars here in a moment. It is Thursday. It is not Friday. So when you hear Bob Walter's voice, um, don't be thinking you got tomorrow off that it's Saturday. 
Okay. (laughs) He's here on a special night because he's got a special assignment tomorrow that he's got to take care of. But I'm happy to have him any night of the week. Hello, my dear Bob. Hello. Happy to be here. Um, Okay. Before we talk about education, um, you are one of the people I consider to be a historian uh, when it comes to politics in the world. Any thoughts or reflections on uh, Queen Elizabeth and her reign now that uh, she has passed? You know, I think back, and I was only 12 years old when I saw her coronated. I couldn't believe I was just that young, but that's what I was. And um, I was impressed with her behavior, her nature, her appearance, which despite all the ugliness that a lot of women walk around with today with their dress and their hair, uh, Queen Elizabeth remained a, a classy woman. Yeah, yeah. it's funny you should say that because I talked a lot about how, you know, in the opening segment and in and, and this last segment as well, that um, she really should be considered a role model for women um, because this was a woman who pushed uh, to be allowed to join the military at the age of 19, that when duty called at the age of 25, instead of thinking about herself and, you know, skipping around and enjoying life like she could have as a, as a very wealthy young woman, because, you know, she was originally not supposed to take the throne. It was the uncle, whatever, that married the woman, the American. Um, And so and she retained her class, her grace and her dignity, her love of tradition and love of country uh, throughout her entire life, despite scandals. And she was a force, a foundation of security for for that nation. And um, despite all the issues that the UK has gone through politically, economically, et cetera, it would have been worse, I think, had she not been at the reign. And I'm not sure that Britain would have joined with us and saved the world from Nazism, but for her being the head of state at the time. And so I think the world owes her uh, a debt of gratitude. All right. So we owe you a debt of gratitude every week, Bob Walters, as our education contributor. Tell everybody uh, what's happening this week. All right. Well, I've got some good news. Uh, Oakland's rebellion against phonics to teach kids how to read has been set in reverse. In case the listeners don't know, phonics is how we used to learn how to read, where you could sound out the the letter and the parts of the letter and hearing it in your ear you could figure out what was that word what did it mean today they just teach the memorization of the word so you got two million words and the little kids aren't doing too well at all mm-hmm. in fact uh, Oakland school uh, reading classes dropped 34% in the last five years Wow! so the teachers voted to bring phonics back as an education tool and I hope the other School boards got a taste of that because they they need they all need to return to it and they don't right now. Well, so. yeah, because I remember when this whole Ebonics thing started, and we thought I, I gave it six months a year. I'm surprised this nonsense is even still around. I mean, I, everybody knows phonics is is probably the best way, at least one of the best techniques for kids to learn. So this is a win. Good news. It is good news. Then you got a strange thing going on here, and and. Um, <laughs> the, the male-female battle. The football schedule for San Luis Obispo County High School was cut down uh, a little shorter because Valley Christian Academy had objected to the two girls on their team and had refused to play any games with them so long as the two girls were on that team. Okay, so um, this is in San Luis Obispo? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Interesting. And, you know, I can, and it gets back to being two girls playing football in a hard push and shove environment and a Christian school says, no, no, we yeah. don't believe women should be playing 
in man's football. Well, it's just interesting because this is kind of a flip. We're, we're so used to hearing stories about boys trying to play in girls' sports, right? And yeah. so then you hear girl, two girls, were they trying to play on a football team? I don't know if these were actual real athletes or if this is just a way to try to continue to push, right, this narrative of there's no gender and every so everybody should get to do whatever they want kind of nonsense. But good for that school for standing up against it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Hey, got some more good news. Governor DeSantis of Florida announced a proposal to extend hiring bonuses to retired police officers, firefighters, military veterans, first responders, and paramedics to address the teacher shortage in his state, which we all are having. Every state's got this problem. Mm -hmm. He announced a plan to get them easier access to teacher certification, and they'd have to have, however, a bachelor's degree and a commitment to teach a minimum of two years, and for that they get a $5,000 bonus if they qualify and can become a teacher in this in the public school system. Love it. No it one actually, go ahead. pretty good. Yeah. No wonder they hate DeSantis. I mean, this dude is just it's one win after another. Whether he's whether he's taken on a corporation like Disney or whether or not he's uh, you know, deal, it, it, primarily, he, you know, it's so much of what he's doing is in his he is the number one fighter against wokeism. And if you look at it, he has recognized more than anybody else. But you, Bob Walters, that the real battle for the future of this country is in the schools. And so, yeah. so much of what he's doing down there is dealing with the craziness in, in the schools. I don't know if you heard this, but uh What's his name? Um, Christ, I think it was, who was a Republican governor. Then he went independent. Now he's running for governor again as a Democrat. He has chosen a running mate be, um, for lieutenant governor is somebody from a school board down there. Well, I don't think that's going to go over very well in Florida, Bob. <laughs> I think uh, I think the status is pretty solid. I think so. I think so. And, and he's trying and he, he's aggressive to solve the teacher shortage. Mm hmm. But the other states, it's interesting. I did a little side research. Uh-huh. In Maine, they are pitching summer camp counselors to become teachers. <gasps> no. In Texas, they're trying to lure educators from across the border to come into Texas and teach. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say they're trying to lure people from Mexico to come over to teach? Educators, yes. Well, it depends on how they do that, uh, because I'm not opposed to immigration. I'm not opposed to people coming here to work. I just want it to be done legally. I want to know who it is coming, what they're here for, and that they're going to go back and they're not going to be, you know, living off Americans, you know, the taxpayers. So I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I, I'll try to check a little further on it. And finally, you got New Yorkers trying to do virtual teaching in many classrooms tied together because it's so short of teachers. So they'll have a teacher teaching four classes all tied together with a TV set in each room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is just... <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, my gosh, Bob. I know. Wow. Mm. We got DeVos, who was a former head of education department. She's written a book called Hostages No More, The Fight for Educational Freedom and the Future of Our Children. Sounds great. In this, she pushes for less focus on government schools and for parents to choose the options. The only thing I regret with Betsy when she was appointed by Trump to be in the head of the Board of Education, Department of Education, I, I just wish she would have pushed for the elimination of the Department of Education. Because yeah. the federal government has no business being in the middle of our schools. Right. And, you know, tr- Trump was in office uh, just not even two years ago, and she was the head of the Department of Education. So a lot of this stuff that's going on around this country happened under her watch. This way, you, you and I were reporting on, even before all this transing that was going on, 
and uh, this pronoun nonsense stuff. You and you were reporting on the insane pornographic sex education curriculums and the gender stuff was starting then. During yeah. the so you know so yeah, I, I, yeah so it's easy for her to say in hindsight she had an opportunity and I think she blew it so if Trump gets back into office I don't want her anywhere near the Department of Education and I want it abolished you're right there's absolutely no reason for us to have some bloated government bureaucracy in D.C. it should all be at the local level absolutely well then you got urban Catholic schools have a long and noble record of helping lift students out of poverty. I have heard that, and I've seen in some of the studies. These kids consistently outperform their public school counterparts, as in New York City, we saw that study. They are more likely to go to college, finish high school, and maintain steady employment and earn higher wages than those who did not go to a Catholic high school. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. But it just shows the focus on helping the kids get hold of themselves and try harder. Whereas public schools, you're going to hear a couple of negatives here tonight. Uh, aren't in that direction at all. So. Well, not only that, but, you know, in, in New Orleans, that's uh, a town is primarily, you know, it's got all all girl, private schools, all girl, all boy. And, you know, when when you've got the focus on academics instead of all this social crap, there's a discipline in these Catholic schools that is that is hand in hand that makes the academic achievements possible as well. You know, that they, they got to be at class on time. There's they you know, they're not like you've reported so many times about the public schools. Nobody's disciplined anymore. People can show up, do whatever they want. Nobody can be expelled. They get to act out, do whatever they want to do in class. And that ain't happening in these Catholic schools. Nuns don't wrap the kids on the knuckles with rulers anymore, um, but they don't put up with any nonsense. Wow, it's true and sad. All right, I got some college crazies. Okay. Brigham Young University removed pamphlets with off-campus resources for LGBT students to walk in welcome bags given to all incoming students. They were created by the Rainbow Collective, but to their credit, Brigham Young University removed those pamphlets out of the welcome package of envelope that was given to all of the inbound students. I'm really surprised they made it in there in the first place because I got friends of mine that went to BYU and, you know, at least when my friend's day, that place was tight. There wasn't, no, no, there wasn't nothing sketchy anti-Mormon and the, uh, what do they call it? The, the, um, the word of wisdom. That's the thing that tells you you can't drink Coca-Cola and, you know, and uh, alcohol and any of that stuff. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised any pamphlet made it in anywhere. Well, I was, too, but at least they did get it out. So that's, that's right. That's, that's right. Then you got President Famosi Verje. He's the president of Fullerton State College here in California. Mm-hmm. He just received a 98000 pay raise this academic year, or 26%. In addition, he got a personal electric car charger in his university parking spot that cost more than $100,000. What? You know, this is where? What middle school is this? This is in Fullerton? Yeah, Fullerton State College. Just, uh, it's, it's really pathetic and mad because we wonder why college is so expensive and high for students. And they get, of course, they, the federal government gives them all these loans for free, whatever you want, 100000 and then half of them can't get a job, and then they get screwed for the rest of their life. Right. There, a poll came out um, a, couple, a few days ago that over 40% of those that have gotten liberal arts degrees regret it. Well, of course, because what are you going to do with some gender studies degree? And this is the perfect story for people to, to, to hear tonight, Bob Walters, because everybody is upset right now 
most people are upset right now, except for the ones that got their, their debt wiped out. Most Americans are upset right now that, that uh, Joe Biden did that, that, that he put the that he because all he did was transfer the debt that these people took out and made a commitment to pay. And he transferred it over to other people that didn't make the commitment, many of whom didn't even go to school. And here's the perfect example of why tuition is skyrocketing. It's crap like this. A hundred thousand dollars over a hundred grand for a charger. And for some little crappy school, nobody's ever even heard of. Imagine this, and you have to say, it's got to be that times a thousand at your bigger colleges and universities. Bob, this is a good time to take a break. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I got to cool down and calm down after that. Nobody else is talking that story, by the way, except Bob Walters, right? This is why you got to tune in for Bob segments every week here. And you also got to stay tuned because we're going to continue with Bob when we come back from the break. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. I don't know why I consider myself to be somebody in tune with pop culture because I kept thinking today was Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day Askins. I'm like it's Star Wars Day, right? He goes, no, that's May fourth. No, that's May fourth. Always has been. So come to find out, it's Star Trek Day. Okay, the happy difference between Trek and Wars. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not to me. I haven't seen any of it. Um, but happy Star Trek Day. All right. Continuing with Bob Walters. All right, my dear. Do we got more college crazies? Yes. Uh, no, no. I'm going to get some other stuff. But live long and prosper. I'm a big uh, fan of that show. Oh, that was Star Trek, right? Well, Bob. Well, who was that? Was that, um, what was his name? Mr. Was Spock. that Spock? Mr. Spock. Leonard Nimoy. I remember the TV show in reruns. The movies, uh, not so much. <laughs> All right. Okay, Bob, continue. Some other stuff, which is really, some, one of these is really alarming. It, it shows in an effort to help black and Latinos feel like they were doing better and close the achievement gap. They're trying some stuff in some of these schools that are going to shock you because it's, it's not just here. It's everywhere. Okay. Oak Park and River Forest High Schools in near Chicago will require teachers next school year to adjust their classroom to account for the color of the student's skin. That'd make Martin Luther King real happy. All right. Or his ethnicity. Black students, for instance, can no longer be docked for missing classes, behaving in school, misbehaving in school, failing to turn in their papers, or earning grades grades in the D or F range. <gasps> Such grades will now be forbidden to help close the achievement gap. Oh, good. That teaches blacks how to really strive on mm-hmm. their own ability to make all they can of themselves, like some of the black leaders have. Well, this is like you were just reporting about uh, how much better kids do in Catholic schools. And I was saying in part because of the discipline, right? Yes. They don't care what color you are. They don't care what age you are. They don't care what's going on in your home. This is the academic curriculum program. Everybody's going to be graded the same and you don't get to misbehave or you're out of here. Yep, I agree. <laughs> and this is the uh, this type of policy degrades the black and Latino kids. Right. And right. make sure they'll fail as adults. Right, so. which keeps them dependent on the government. And then they can go to them and say, you're not, your your life is terrible because the United States is terrible. So you've got to continue to vote for us and we'll take care of you. That's the game. That's the play. Yeah, yeah sad. All right, well, Sandra schools have adopted a radical gender theory curriculum, which encourages teachers to work towards, quote, the breakdown of gender binary, binary, unquote, and to make their classes queer all day long. All year long. Ugh. you got to be kidding. Wow. And also, 
I don't know how this got so radical. Yeah. It also is how they can respond to religious objections. The word boys and girls should be avoided, and schools can facilitate a child's transition from one gender to another down to age five <gasps> without parents, according to the latest L.A. school policy. So this is in L.A. right now. Schools right listen, now. Just- listen to what Bob said to you. Uh, they are going to be going outside of the parents, down to the age of five, and pushing this transgender crap on kids in L.A. County. Going on. I just, I can't. Just No. All right. Um, then you've got uh, 70% of L.A. school districts, however, consider quitting their jobs, a study just found. Part of this stems from the high cost of living in L.A., but many also express the stress, the stress they feel and the failure of their accomplishments. Well, I mean, I do feel bad for some teachers because not all of them are sitting there with purple hair, Bob, uh, talking about, you know, talking to their kids about pronouns and, you know, sexuality. Some of them just want to go and have some of them have degrees in elementary education or whatever and just want to go and teach the three R's. That's it. I agree. Now you got Minnesota who just proposed requiring teachers to use critical race theory in all schools and all grades. That's a complete reversal of the 28 states that have banned CRT being taught in schools. Mm. And they're headed in the other direction. Yeah, so the, so the liberals love to say, the liberals are still trying to tell to, to lie and say that CRT is not being taught in the schools. And it's going to be taught in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Then you got Disney. This is really, I'm, I'm sure you heard this too. Uh, last week, Disney continued down the path to its destruction Releasing a new cartoon entitled Little Demon. Mm. hmm Just as bad as it sounds. Thirteen years ago, an unmarried pagan woman is impregnated by Satan, and he follows her and her daughter through the features of the program. The, the program includes witchcraft, pagan rituals, gratuitous blood, blood, gore, and nudity. They also have plans to have a new Marvel comic series casting a drag queen as Ironheart. Yeah, you know, I, we Skins and I reported on this little demon last week, and it just, it didn't, it, it, it was so much going on, it didn't get as much media play as it should. Well, I, I, when when I did a whole show a few days ago, where uh, I think you talked about uh, the uh, satanic groups and satanic groups in schools, yeah. the Biden speech was satanic. Um, there's just, you know, so much happening with a, with a satanic theme going on in the country. This, this, cartoon that they did they did a lot of research the detail of the the satanic demonic witchcraft was absolutely insane bob i gotta leave it there thank you for being here god bless you this weekend um we'll have you back next week of course on friday and then we're going to replay this segment uh, um, i'm actually going to post it so everybody hears it tomorrow uh, don't forget we the kids.us we the kids.us thank you thanks have bob Bye-bye. Good luck and prosper. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.